body? Like what, how the, the difference between that, you know, 95 and a hundred miles an hour, like how much more taxing is it really? Because to the layperson, I'm like, it's five miles an hour more. Like what's the big deal? But just talk about like how truly different that is. Yeah. I mean, you're just putting so much more stress on those ligaments. And if you don't have a good foundation, guess what? Like you're more liable to blow out. So you got nowadays, I don't know, 16 year olds that are throwing up, you know, low to mid 90s or above and they're lanky little kids that have developed all this arm speed and arm strength but they don't have the foundation to back it up and so naturally they're not going to last long right and and very few do anyways and so i think that's you know where the problem is is yeah we're building incredible arm strength but you're not actually taking care of your arm um by lifting uh, heavy with your lower body and doing this, you know, your shoulder work like you should, you know, you're just a young, naive kid. Now, if they're trained properly, they would. But again, if part of your arm care is, you know, your your total body care, like your your legs, your core, because I'll tell you what, Justin, when my, my hip was messed up in 2016, I remember that I was you were the I Mariners, was, right? Yeah, I was struggling. I'm like, why is my shoulder killing me so much? Oh, yeah, because I don't have a lower half to throw throw off of anymore like i'm not using my lower half i'm just blowing out my shoulder you know trying to decelerate my arm and pitching day after day in high leverage situations it just i couldn't keep up so put that on a 15 year old's body that isn't strong enough to you know hold the force of throwing 95 miles an hour you know 16 year old whatever uh there's a good chance that they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble if if not then or when they're in their early 20s so mm. it'll catch up to them so again your proper arm care begins with you know how you're lifting you know especially with your lower half uh and your shoulder work and that's something that you know we focus on quite a bit and then yeah arm care is you got to listen to your arm too so rest is huge especially in the major league world where like you said you play baseball every day like sleep was probably the biggest thing as part of your recovery if i didn't sleep well i could feel it like i'm just like all right i'm this is gonna be a tough day <laughs> you know then of course you load up on caffeine and down <laughs> you're just going down you know down the rabbit hole there so yeah hopefully that answers your uh, question but no you did and you you started to tease the sleep because that's what uh, i'm going to come back to that one but okay. with the arm care there's more and more research out about ice whether to ice whether not to ice has that trickled its way into major league baseball because typically you always yeah. see a relief um a starter they got the ice on their shoulder right away like talk about that yeah so um nowadays guys don't really ice in fact i was like one of the few that still did because for whatever reason it works for me i know when i didn't ice i didn't feel great the next day and maybe it has a placebo effect i don't know so i just stuck with it right mm -hmm. um but nowadays guys have kind of strayed away from it if anything um especially position players will contrast after the game they're in the uh cold tub hot tub cold tub hot tub and so on for you know whatever their regimen is everyone's different mm -hmm. um so for it depends who you are the, the player i guess um, i'm not sure about the science whether ice i don't think it's been proven that ice actually helps or not it might actually not help but uh like yeah, I said, no, the science me. will say that it doesn't help. And that's why, like, yeah. that's why any of the nerds like me that read this stuff and we're like, oh my gosh, please stop. But like you said, I would never want to tell you, a, a major league vet that has been playing for so long, like, dude, I'm in. Apparently it works for you. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with what works for you, but 
the research would say, but at the same time, research is always not perfect because people that have the best VO2 max don't always win the marathon. So it is incomplete. But as a nerd, I love hearing that, that like, hey, this kind of a paradigm shift, like that's, that's cool yeah. to hear. If I, I mean, if I were a coach and a young kid asked me, oh, do I need to ice? I'm like, I'd probably say no, but I did. I mean, if you want to try it, go for it. But like, it's not going to kill you one way or another. But Correct. I, I, like I said, it was just one of my things. I just kind of stuck with because I knew I had a pretty good feel of what I'd you know feel like the next day. But at the same time, you mentioned the fact that you, you did grow up in a different era, though. Like you came up when strength and conditioning wasn't really the norm let it like for us at Falmouth high school, we didn't have like, they started to kind of evolve and you know, the weight room's getting better and better. But like yeah. the notion of a high school strength coach was never the thing back for us. Right. I mean, we're not that old. We're 36 and 37, but like, that, I think, that, I li yeah, or you actually I mean, no, I your birthday's coming up. You're not 37 yet. <laughs> tomorrow, dude. Tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So 37 tomorrow. Way to rub it in. <laughs> it's your sean alexander year sean alexander he's a heck of a running back um so within the arm care stuff you talked about sleep how do you handle the sleep schedule when you're all over the place like you're not sleeping yeah. in a constant bed um how do you handle that because we have a ton of uh college strength coaches that travel not as much but they have to deal with uh school so how do you help navigate the sleep world for baseball it's it's really hard because um, especially I would say at the minor league level, the big league level, they try to cater to you as, to get you as comfortable, you know, with the best of their ability. Minor league level and like AAA, especially like you're getting up at four or five in the morning to go on, get on, hop on a flight to fly to the next city and then probably play that day. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough. Um, so I didn't know how serious it was until about 2016. We had a sleep um, coach come in with the Mariners in spring training because we traveled more than any team in the big leagues from, you know, obviously Seattle, the Northwestern mm -hmm. most part of the country other than Alaska. And so I was like, man, like I didn't realize like what this is actually doing to my body. So um, naps were huge for me. And a lot of teams have now installed nap rooms, which to the lay person yeah, nice. sounds ri ridiculous, but it's actually super helpful. Like guys would hit BP. Let's say we're at home. And there was like a three bedroom completely blacked out with a sound machine. You can, if you're struggling, you go in there and take a quick nap. And for a lot of guys, um, it became their, their routine and they'd power nap, wake up, feel like they could run through a wall. So, some one guy called the nap at Chino where you power a coffee yeah. down, then take a 20 minute nap and wake up and bam. So, um, those were great, uh, little tools to help, you know, recover. But ultimately, um, you know, when you get out of a game, let's say it's at home, could be 11 o'clock at night you know you're going home trying to wind down but you're all hopped up from the game or on the caffeine you drank for me in like mm -hmm. the ninth or seventh inning sixth thing <laughs> it's it's hard so melatonin and trying to create like and trying to go into bed at the same time was crucial for me um, and if i slept poorly my wife was awesome she let me take a nap before going to the field the next day and um and take care of the kids so Taking a quick break from the show, everybody. Promises will take less than 15 seconds. Friendly reminder, go ahead, hit that subscribe button below. It helps us out, and it helps you out by being notified whenever we have new content come out. So hit that subscribe button, and with this, let's get back to the show. you got to have a good wife as part of the, <laughs> the nap routine. Amen <laughs> to that. Shout out to Marissa if you're listening to this later on. Um, yeah. That's honestly hearing you say that puts it all in that much more perspective because you don't think about that. And you'd also don't think about the fact of like, okay, if it was a home game or if you're on the road, 
some of the times that I'd come and visit you or other people, you want to try to go see those people too. So you have to balance that aspect of it with like, shoot, we're playing tomorrow and I got to be able to like, I, yeah. I, I might be, get called, um, you know, my, my number called and I have to go pitch again. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's no, so true, but like it, to put it in perspective, like Madden, Joe Madden was, he understood that pretty well. So there's one time, I think we had like a couple of rain delays and we got in super late to Pittsburgh. Um, so we had rain delays the night before we played until like midnight, you know, got to Pittsburgh, got to bed, like, I don't know, three or four in the morning and then woke up and had to play that day. And we slaughtered the, them. And I was talking to Joe, like, man, you thought the guys would come out like dragon. He's like, no, wait till tomorrow. Like it's the next day that hits. And sure enough, boom. Like we were just so sluggish, like you're, you're high from only sleeping three or four hours and then playing a major league game. And all of a sudden, like your body's like, no, slow down, man. That sleep bank is, is empty still. We got to recover. So, yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, you mentioned Joe and I read the book, the Cubs way. Did you guys still do the, uh, the little league week where like you guys just showed up to the ballpark or you're not allowed to talk about that. And I understand if you're, yeah, talking. no, we did. We, uh, Oh, you're talking about Legion week where we'd show up like they'd close the doors down until four. Yeah, like you weren't allowed to show up early. Yeah. Like it was just like show up and play the game and go home, right? Yeah, we call it Legion baseball week. So he'd like to pay homage to like his local Legion team where he played, I think. But yeah, they'd close the doors unless you needed like a rehab guy. Uh -huh. And you weren't allowed to show up to the field for a seven o'clock game until like four or five. And that was so hard for me. Like, like some like, like I wanted to go in and watch video and do all that stuff, but it was awesome. It was one week of that, and the guys we played, we always played well during that week. It was impressive. It was you know pretty impressive. Um, when you talked about the video, that made me think about the arm care stuff. How important was it for you to know who you'd be pitching against to then? All right, I'm playing against somebody that they can't handle. X pitch. So, you know, maybe you're going to throw more of X pitch. Does that affect what you do in the weight room after or before uh, an outing? No, it doesn't um, affect me in the weight room. Like I said, I stuck to a pretty strict uh, routine. Um, but I, one thing I did leave out that I think is extremely important in arm care is soft tissue work. So I, I mean, four to five times a week, I was in there getting my shoulder or elbow uh, or neck worked on, um, you know, massaged out, you know, soft tissue work and you know, even a chiropractic adjustment. We had a really good Cairo and, uh, with a Nats. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that is crucial for recovery. I feel like, um, and just really just pumping that fluid out. Um, and because my elbow would just, if I pitched a ton, it would just get so tight. Um, mm -hmm. and there, there's other modalities we would use that like, a um, uh, what's it called? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Mark Pro Machine. Those were popular. Um, the uh, there's I, I like this one. It's, it's called a PIMF machine. PMFF, I think, or something like that. Where it's like electromagnetic. Um, it just like start. It just start like making this clicking noise, and it would find the problem areas and hurt like no other. Hurt and then so all good. of a sudden, start yeah, exactly. Start going away like. There's, there's between having a training staff that knew what they were doing and were competent, which most teams now do have, um, to the modalities that they give you to try out, um, that is huge for recovery in your arm care. Yeah. How important is grip strength for throwing a baseball? I didn't think it was important until recently. You know, they, they check grip strength quite a bit. And, okay. Um, 
I think especially depending on who you are, but guys like to spin the ball. Um, uh, I, I had more layback in my wrist and everything like that. My grip strength was probably average, but I feel like guys with like the stronger forearms are able to, you know, spin the ball a, a lot more. Uh, I've noticed anyways. So, and, th and then with grip strength, you know, it helps with your ulnar, you know, your UCL. So mm -hmm. guys typically w would have, you know, started working on a lot more forearm strength and stuff like that. So that became, that's become a lot more popular over the years. And then I don't think any of our um, submarine throwing, the way that you throw, you know, that cross between fully submarine and sidearm, like your delivery being awkward. Um, according to traditional standards, does that change how you have to do your arm care too for any of our uh, coaches out there that maybe have somebody that throws similar to you? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, when I, I know in the off season when I'm training, if we're doing like uh, manuals, if I'm using a coach like let's say Eric, I'd put I'd put my arm in my arm arm slot and you know, he'd do the, you know, what do you call it, perturbation or knocking your arm around, mm -hmm. trying to you know stabilize your shoulder. Um, Yep. I'd keep that at my arm slot. That's something we would do for sure. But I don't think it really makes a difference or another. You know, because I was just trying to think of like, uh, I know it's not the exact same delivery, but softball pitchers can obviously do more and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, hey, if, if you're changing the angle of it, you're not always just straight up over the top. Does it put less stress on the shoulder? But maybe that is why your elbow was bothering you more. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't hurt to, to do a lot of your work at, at that arm angle. But the thing is for me, like, Guys that typically throw sidearm, they don't naturally throw sidearm. Like they throw over the top when they get warm, and then they all drop down and work on their craft. For me, like I don't know any other way. This is my arm slot. Like I don't know how okay. to throw from up here. I don't know how to throw from here. I just this is it. This is all I got. And people don't understand. Like, well, when did you drop down? I'm like, for as long as I remember, I've had a low arm slot. It's just gotten naturally lower over the years, and so. That's kind of why we did what we would do uh, from okay. my arm slot. Yeah, because that, that was going to be my question. Like, did you also for for your arm care? Would you then advise people, you know, during warm up long toss, like, hey, we're going to go straight up over the top and then work down to the angle? But you kind of answered that question already. I would advise not to do that though, because maybe like if you're just flipping the ball and get loose. But if you're going to work on if you this is where you want your arm slot to be during a game, I'm th I want to throw from this arm slot and and master it right. Because in a throwing, this is important, in a throwing program, you throw way more playing catch with your throwing partner than you will off a mound. And so anytime you, hmm. anytime you start you know, deviating from your arm slot or anything like that, it's going to create bad habits. You want to reinforce good habits. You know, I'm not going to, if I'm a, a golfer, I'm not going to, and I have a hitch in my swing, and I practice hitting with that same hitch instead of having a coach like help clean it up and teach me how to, you know, swing properly. It's just going to compound, you know, that bad habit. I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is I'm creating good habits. So throwing program is the same thing. It's super important that every throw we make has some intention behind it. 